I'm Kerry Rowett, and this is the Align and Attract podcast, helping you to create your version of an aligned business. Let's dive into today's episode. Today, we are talking strategy. Now, strategy is something that some of us can feel like we want to shy away from a little bit, or it feels like the part of your business that maybe you have to do or think that you should do more of, and maybe you resist because you might see it as something that is restrictive or hard work, or like it's going to lock you into something, or it's going to feel heavy, restrictive, it's going to involve following processes or Uh, strategies that maybe you don't like or you don't feel aligned with. And for those of us who really value alignment and creating a business that's in alignment with our values and our priorities and our goals, we can't do that. So that's why I love Tash Corbin's take on strategy. She's very clear in the way that she talks about strategy and she just makes it feel and sound so doable. But also she gives these really actionable practical steps and this permission slip to say, yes, it is about connection. Yes, it's about doing things that are in alignment with your strengths and with your values. So even if you feel a little bit nervous when you hear that word strategy, I know that you're going to love this chat. And if you are awesome at strategy, I bet you're still going to pick up some stuff from Tash because she really is in her element. This is a a really great chat where she drops some absolute bombs. I do recommend with this episode, you go across to the website because you've got the video of us talking there and you've got the audio so you can play it that way. But we've got an article there, which I have for every episode. So if you haven't checked those out, it's always alignandattract.com slash blog and then the episode number today is 15. So you can use the article today as a little bit of a starting point if you're wanting some notes to go along with listening because I think you will. There is just so much in this. If you're listening on a walk, great, enjoy it, but I suspect you're going to want to listen again when you can actually take some notes and really take in these messages. So who is Tash Corbin? She's a business and marketing mentor for women who want to change the world without needing to use manipulation or pressure to make sales. She specializes in consent-driven marketing practices and high connection, high conversion business growth. She's the creator of the Heart Centered Business Conference and facilitates a Facebook community of over 34,000 entrepreneurs. Now, I came across Tasha's work, even though I'd known of her, but I came across her work in 2020 and I started listening to her podcast and doing some of her free webinars which are really great and value-packed and I signed up for her mastermind this year. That's how impressed I have been with her and I love working with Tash and you're going to hear 
why. So enjoy this episode and let's up-level your strategy. Welcome, Tash. It is so wonderful to have you here with me today. Thanks so much, Kerry. I'm so excited. I've loved your podcast so far. So thank you for inviting me on. Amazing. Thank you. I love yours also. So today we're going to be talking about strategy, which is one of those topics that some people can find quite intimidating, especially people in my kind of audience, but it's something that you do incredibly well and teach incredibly well. So I'd love to know when you are talking about strategy, what exactly are you talking about? Yeah, so when it comes to growing a business and and getting results and making sales as well as delivering great outcomes for your clients, I feel like there's needs to be a balance between the mindset and energetic piece and then also being strategic about what actions you choose to use to grow that business. So strategy from my perspective is Anything where you're making a conscious decision on how you're going to attract and convert and deliver for your potential clients. In a yeah, nutshell. perfect. And I think something that maybe some of my audience who are listening may feel like they may, may sometimes forget is the strategy can save us time and mm. energy, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. When you are making decisions and when you're discerning about how you're going to invest your time in your business, you are looking for ideas as well as evidence about what is going to work and what doesn't necessarily work for you. And so one of the biggest things that I say when people are first starting a business, I say, try everything, right? Have some fun and play with different strategies to grow your audience, to make sales, to uh, nurture your audience, all of those sorts of things. But eventually, if you want to stop throwing spaghetti at the wall and burning yourself out by trying to do all the things all the time, you want to make some decisions around what is most aligned for you and what just isn't serving you or isn't necessarily working for your audience as well. And so ultimately, that's where strategy is a powerhouse, is being able to make a decision about what is an important strategy for me to implement for my business and what can I let go of? And the what can I let go of is just as important because we did not start a business to work 60-hour weeks and burn ourselves out and not enjoy the process. Yes, so interesting. And I love what you've described there about having that discernment. It's like giving yourself permission if you want to try a lot of things because you don't always know actually until you try different things how they feel for you and how they actually work for you and whether or not they connect for your ideal clients. Mm, Absolutely. One of the things I love to say to people is, you can have a business without that strategy as long as you try it twice because the fear of the strategy for a lot of people actually stops them from even trying it in the first place or even embarking on that process. So one of the things, like one of the things I particularly love talking about in this way is webinars. Most people are so scared of running webinars and they're so worried about what they're going to say in webinars. But once they overcome that and just give it a go, just try it. What they discover is that webinars is actually their opportunity to be in their zone of genius and to be in teaching mode for 
a large audience and it actually really lights them up. And so any strategy, I think I can make any strategy work, but ultimately we need to be good at trying things and paying attention to what results it brings in for us, how it feels for us, and then also how well it works for our audience as well. So that discernment comes from trying and practicing because we're all different and we all have different strengths and we're all working in different unique markets as well. So it's a great opportunity to just have a play and see what you like. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing there as well is don't always rule a strategy out before you've tried it because sometimes there Mm. are strategies that are a little bit tried and true like running webinars which like you say for various reasons whether it's the tech or whether it's the how am I going to get people to sign up or what if not enough people show up or those different things that can stop people from actually stepping into it and trying that strategy out so Mm -hmm. what I would love to hear from you like we're starting to talk about specific strategies so that's a webinar strategy could you share some different types of strategies with us and then maybe some examples of how you've seen those strategies work incredibly well either for yourself or for people in your course or that you've worked with privately For sure. The first thing I want to say about strategy is that different strategies have different jobs. And so I like to break down the client attraction, conversion and delivery process into five stages. So stage one is reach. So there are a bunch of different ways that you can reach new audiences. So that's like where some strategy options come in. We can get very excited about reach strategies and ignore some of the other strategies. So when it comes to developing reach, you can use organic strategies like being in Facebook communities, posting on your Facebook page, using Instagram, uh, Pinterest, SEO. All of these are organic strategies that will grow your audience and reach new people. You can also use paid strategies, ads, having someone do social strategies for you, all of those sorts of things. So there's lots of options. And I would say reach strategies are one where ultimately any of them can work, but the more specific you are about who you're trying to reach, the easier those decisions become. So if you're trying to reach an audience that mostly uses Instagram, use Instagram as your reach strategy. If you're trying to reach an audience that mostly is on Facebook, Use Facebook as your strategy. That's generally the rule of thumb that I would I would recommend when it comes to reach strategies. But I find most people don't avoid reach strategies. They know they need to reach new people and they're willing to try some things. Where people can sometimes miss out on that strategic decision-making and picking strategies consciously is the next layers of that process. So the second step then is nurture. So nurturing your audience. And I also want to say that different strategies can do a combination of these things. So your podcast, for example, Kerry, it reaches new people because it's a podcast and people can be served searching and recommending to their friends, but it's also a great nurture strategy because people who love you and already knew about you, myself included, get to understand you a little more, get to learn from you a little more. And that's really nurturing for that audience. You're helping people move forward on their journey with free information. And so nurture, if we think about ways that you could nurture your audience, it's generally consistent content. So you can nurture your audience with a podcast, a YouTube channel, blogging, 
um, video blogging. You can nurture your audience by doing a Facebook Live every Friday at midday and everyone knows to come to that Facebook Live. I know people who are in the psychic space and they nurture their audience by doing like a tea and cards afternoon every week where they're helping people doing card readings and talking about them, their business and all sorts of things. So lots of different options again. We want to find the thing that works for your audience. And also in the nurture phase, I always say play to your strengths. If you're great on camera, do something on camera. If you're great, you can speak underwater with a mouthful of marbles, very Aussie saying, I think. Um, But if you're really good at talking, do a podcast. If you love to write, write for your audience. Uh, I know people who I'm on their mailing list and I get their love notes every single week. And I look forward to reading that because I know they love that writing process. I can feel it when I read that email. So play to your strengths in that nurture space first and foremost, because that's going to be the thing you can do consistently. You'll love to do and you'll show up and get into that zone of genius a lot easier. So that's nurture. Then we have lead generation. And this is where a lot of people just try to run away from their business a little bit and they just wait for people to come to them. You just let me know if you're interested. But if we take responsibility for picking some strategies to generate leads from that audience, then not only are we going to maximize growth in the business and the conversion and making money, but also for the right people, you're going to make it really obvious what their next step is. So some strategies for lead generation would be something like a webinar. So a webinar is bringing in the hottest audience on a subject that they want to learn about. And if someone signs up for that webinar, they're saying, I'm really interested in this topic. I'm so interested in this topic. I'm going to give you an hour of my time and I'm going to give you my email address and I'm going to come along and learn about this because this is a priority for me. So that is a really beautiful lead generation strategy that works at scale. But you can also select lead generation strategies one-to-one. So even the simplest action of emailing your list every now and then and saying, do you still want to work on outcome or how could I help you move forward with your website development this month or whatever it might be. So the simple act of reaching out to your audience and asking them a question can be really strong lead generation or having a call to action on a few things here and there. I'm not saying everything. You know, I, I don't love following Facebook pages or Instagram accounts where everything has a call to action on it. And it's like constantly setting me up to DM for more information, but strategically using calls to action in order to let people know what the next step is. And something I encourage people to do is go and look at your most prevalent Um, social media platform and go and look at the last 30 posts. And for most people in business, in the last 30 posts, say how many of those posts give people a really clear call to action of what to do next if they want to work together? And they go, um, none. Or, oh, I kind of mentioned it there once. So even the simple act of saying, if this is a priority for you and you'd like my help, reach out and we can talk about how we can do that together is a really beautiful, connecting, unintrusive way of generating leads. So that's lead gen. And then the final step in the sales process is conversion. So having a conversation or sending an email or presenting a pitch that 
actually tells people, okay, here is how you pay the money. Here's where to go and pay the money. Or here's the invoice, pay the money. Or here's the link to join, go and buy, right? So that type of thing is the conversion. Again, when it comes to conversion, we have a bunch of different strategies to choose from. Our most common that we like to defer to is sales page with a button because we don't have to be rejected, right? We can send 100 people to that sales page and 99 of them can reject us and we don't have to know about it, hear why, or experience that feeling of like, ah. However, because there's not a lot of connection in that strategy, for a lot of people, it's not very high conversion. So what I recommend is looking for higher connection, higher conversion ways, especially when you're first learning how to convert people into paying clients. So things like jumping on a call or emailing back and forth or sending messages to each other is a much more high connection way. Yes, it's a little more confronting because if they say no, you have to hear the no, but at the same time, you'll get the reason for the no and that will let you know, do I need to change anything in the way that I'm marketing? Is there something that I'm missing in the way that I talk about my products and services? Or am I clear this is just not a fit for this person or it's not a fit right now and that is totally fine? onward and upward. So conversion is is the last part of the sales process. And then we have delivery, making sure that we actually deliver on the promises that we make to those clients and we deliver on those outcomes and we feel really strong and confident in our ability to deliver those outcomes. Now, the reason why I include delivery in this process is because I believe the fastest way to dry up leads is feeling like you're not delivering to the clients you already have. And so making sure that you feel really confident in your ability to deliver and that you're taking care of your existing clients is a powerful, big, energetic part of your marketing as well. And of course, when you are delivering to those clients and those clients are getting outcomes, will they become a part of your marketing quite often as well? Because of course, they're happy and then probably more likely to engage with you on social media and talk about that or to talk about with you their to their friends and colleagues Mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah, yeah. And actually to loop back to webinars, whenever I run a webinar to promote my takeoff program, I will have dozens of women from my takeoff program on that webinar and I don't have to ask them to do anything. They are so prominent in the chat box saying, do it. I delayed six months and I totally regretted it once I finally joined and saw what she was talking about. Get in there. So that is a huge part of why my webinars are so high conversion is because my existing audience are there cheering people on and explaining and answering questions. And it's so much more powerful when someone asks a question and they say, oh, yeah, but I'm worried I'm not going to get enough time with you or something along those lines. It's way more powerful if a student answers that question and says, don't worry about it. Tash loves talking to us and da 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 rather than me trying to reassure them that they're going to get enough time with me. Yeah. I think that makes such a great case for scheduling a webinar if you don't already have one scheduled. And also, it really makes me think about like when we create a webinar that is going to be of interest to our existing clients as well, like knowing there Mm. is such value in also having some of your existing clients on that call. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I... When I create a webinar, one of my goals is to ensure that that webinar is 
really valuable to everyone attends, regardless of whether they purchase from me or not. And what that means is that existing students love coming to my webinars and people who've never purchased from me love coming to my webinars. They'll come to those webinars consistently because they know they're going to get great value out of it. And it creates so much trust with my audience that then people are more likely to share. When people see my ads on Facebook for my upcoming webinars, they will comment, they will go out of their way to comment and say, I've been to this webinar before, or I've been to some of Tasha's webinars. And she is so um, tangible and practical in the advice that she gives. I highly recommend you go and check this out. If you don't like webinars, normally come to this webinar. And that's the type of advertising that you just can't buy, right? That's the type of advertising that people would pay a lot of money for, but you can't buy that genuine type of engagement. Um, and it just makes such a big difference. So yeah, that's why I'm very, very focused on not just great marketing strategy, but also great delivery strategy as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I want to talk to something you've just mentioned um, there about the idea of doing a webinar as compared to, for example, doing a Facebook Live or showing mm -hmm. up in your Insta stories or, you know, whatever it is, where that's a more in the moment strategy where it's like people might come or maybe you can share it afterwards. But what do you find is the value of doing something like that webinar as yeah. compared to just showing up in the mm. moment? Yeah. So different things do different jobs. You can run a Facebook live to focus on reach to a cold audience. You can do a Facebook live to focus on nurturing and lead generation in your business. The, the big difference I find is with a webinar, you can go through that entire client attraction process in with one thing. So a webinar can be used to reach new audiences because you're going out and promoting that webinar to colder audiences and people are spreading the word. It's also a nurture opportunity because you're delivering on a great outcome and you're in your teaching space. It's great for lead generation because people are giving you their email address prior to the webinar to register and get that follow-up um, follow emails and get copy of the recording and all of those sorts of things. And you can get conversion straight on a webinar. So I love a webinar because it does all the things. And I lo also love a webinar because it's epic practice at sharing your work and talking about your work, not just through the lens of selling it, but also being in that teaching mode. And so many people come to me and they'll say, oh, I want to sell a course or I want to work in this thing because I work best when I teach to a group. I am so amazing at teaching to a group. And I say to them, well, how do you incorporate teaching to a group in your marketing strategy? And they'd never even thought of that before, right? We think about keeping our best skills and strengths and our best abilities and our best information for our paying clients, but actually you're robbing yourself of enjoying and feeling aligned to your marketing strategy by holding yourself back in that space. If your best space is teaching to a crowd, please incorporate it into your marketing strategy because people get to see you showing up in your best space. And there's a lot of rhetoric out there about, you know, hold back on the best or only give, you know, you're, you're devaluing yourself by giving the best to people who haven't paid to be there. But all of that comes from a mindset of scarcity and a mindset of lack and fear. And instead, if you just show up in your zone of genius more and more often, the abundance mindset creates this amazing snowball and 
yes, there are some ways that you can differentiate between what you present in a webinar versus what's inside your program. But most importantly, we are in the business of transformation, not information. And so what I love about that is when I understand that when people pay to work with me, they experience transformation. When people come to my webinar, they get lots of information, right? Plenty of information. It means I can just open the floodgates on the information because I know the value of what I'm selling is not just information. You can get that for free on the internet. What they want when they come and work with me is that they want to have that transformation. And so uh, to answer your question, I think, yes, there's a place for Facebook Lives. There's a place for Instagram Lives. Again, any strategy can work. What I would suggest is play with some of those things in reach, play with some of those things for nurturing, and then play with some strategies for that conversion and lead gen and come up with what is you in your zone of genius most of the time. So if your audience is mostly on Instagram, you love showing up on video, then Instagram Lives and Instagram Reels with a webinar as your core way of generating leads and teaching and then converting people into working with you through follow-up emails and one-to-one conversations is a perfectly aligned strategy. And that gives you a permission slip to not be chasing people on Facebook, to not be worrying about perfect Pinterest strategy, to not feel like you have to be on every new platform that comes up, right? So what we're doing when we are playing with that strategy is we're looking for what feels most aligned, what does a great job for you, and ultimately what allows you to be in your zone of genius and make great sales and have a great relationship with your clients. Mm. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, amazing. And also what you can do consistently, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, yeah. So many flash and crash strategies out there. You know, go and do 30 days of Facebook Lives on your Facebook page. And whilst there's great reasons to do things like that, if you then don't do a Facebook Live for four months, you've lost all of the momentum that you've created anyway. I would much rather see you do two Facebook Lives a week And do that for a whole year. That consistency and predictability builds trust. It builds connection. And it also gets you into a beautiful rhythm with your business. Not only a rhythm of what you do, but also a rhythm of how much money is coming in as well. And if you can get the money coming in nice and consistently and feel like you're in flow and feel like you've got a really good rhythm where you're mostly in your zone of genius, then isn't that why we decided to do this? (laughs) Isn't that the dream business rather than I have to burn myself out for 30 days and then I don't want to look at my marketing for the next three months? Mm, Absolutely. So there is a problem that we can see with strategy. What sorts of other problems do you see people hit up against when it comes to strategy? Yeah, I think one of the most common things I see is what I call the Frankenstein strategy. So every guru and marketing expert out there has a particular set of tools or techniques or tactics that they really love. And so what can happen is we hear someone say, if you're not doing webinars, you're leaving money on the table. So you think, okay, I'm going to have to do webinars. And then someone else says, webinars are dead. You have to do five-day challenges. 
And instead of deciding, okay, which works best for me and then just picking one and moving forward, you do webinars, but not wholeheartedly. And you're trying five-day challenges as well. And so you're just adding extra things. Okay, now we have to be on Clubhouse. Okay, well, that's three hours a week that I'm going to dedicate to being on Clubhouse. And now I have to have a podcast. And now I have to do YouTube channels. Well, if I'm going to do a podcast, I might as well just record it on video and have it on my YouTube channel. And then I... And so what the biggest mistake I see people make is that they're constantly looking for new reach strategies when the problem is they're not converting. And they believe that if they just reach a better quality audience, their conversion will improve. When ultimately, I've worked with people before who have 100,000 followers and are still not making consistent sales. And all we had to do was un cork the bottleneck in lead generation and conversion and all of a sudden everything made sense and so rather than looking for a dozen reach strategies that all seem very sexy when they're presented to you and all seem like the person genuinely believes it's the best reach strategy but instead of just adding more and more reach strategies to your marketing Be discerning about which reach strategies you really can do consistently and you love and you can get working, but then also making sure you're dedicating just as much energy and attention to that nurturing, lead generation, and conversion because that nurture, lead generation, and conversion, that's where the money comes from. That's where the sales come from. We can have hundreds of thousands of followers, but if you're not inviting the right people to take the next step and getting that working consistently, you're going to constantly feel like you need to do more. I need to be on more podcasts. I need to do more ads. I need to have more spend. I need to be on more platforms. And for most people, that's not the case. The case is you need to have a strategy that also works in those next stages of nurture, lead generation, and conversion. So yes. that would definitely be the biggest the biggest mistake I see people make. And, and it also results in people feeling really burnt out and like, oh, I hate social media. And I say, if you were on social media for 25 minutes a day and you were making $10,000 a day from that social media strategy, would you still hate social media? Social media is not the problem. The fact, the problem is that you're not making money from that strategy and yet you're still burning yourself out trying to run around the internet to look for people you can help and it's not working for you. So we need a pattern interrupt. We need some kind of, you know, shift here to ensure that the strategy that you are choosing, you've given it the best shot of working first and foremost, and that it's not just a top line strategy with nothing underneath to support it. So if someone is listening and they're like, oh my God, this is me. Like I am doing all of these different reach strategies and I'm burning myself out, but I'm not getting the conversions or the sales. So I actually don't know like what I should stop or what to do. Like, what do you recommend if someone's in that position? Yeah. So first and foremost, I would say connect and get curious. So connect with your audience and try and make that as intimate as possible. So as I said, sending out an email to your mailing list, if you've got a giant mailing list, but they never buy from you, send an email to them that is a high connection email that actually invites them to answer a question for you that you're curious about. So 
Don't send an email to your mailing list and say, hey, want me to tell you about my next product? No, send them an email that says, I'm really curious to know. Let's say it's your work, Carrie. So that align and attract and aligning attracting in your business and making your business feel easier. So if you were to send an email out to your audience that says, I'm really curious to know what makes your business feel the hardest and how can I help you to make it feel easier and more aligned? And pay attention to the answers that you're getting from that audience. That'll tell you what they want. So that would be the first is connect and get curious. Ask questions and remember, two ears, one mouth. So use them in that ratio. Listen to what your audience are saying. For a lot of people that I work with, the reason why they're not getting that conversion is because they're trying to tell their audience what they need. And it's like ships passing in the night. People say to them, oh, I just need to get more followers on Facebook. And they just yell at their audience. You don't need followers on Facebook. You need to make sales on Facebook. Stop trying to build the wrong thing. And their audience go, yep, lovely. I don't, I definitely want to make sales on Facebook, but first... I need to build an audience on Facebook because they've got their ideas about what it is that they need in order to move forward. And rather than argue with that or say, you don't need this, you need this instead, give them both. And that's what I do in my business. People come to me and say, how do I get more followers on Facebook? And I don't say, that's a stupid question and get all judgy at them. I say, sure, here's how to get more followers on Facebook. And if you want those followers to convert into paying clients, do this too. So I'm giving them both. And so I'm meeting my audience where they're at and I'm helping them understand in order for that to result in the actual end result that they're looking for, they're also going to need this too. And so we do both. So um, connect and get curious. And then the other thing I would also say is look for opportunities for higher connection to uncork it and know that it doesn't have to be high connection forever. So something that I do uh, is I help people with their launches. Let's say you're launching a big group program. And if someone's had a really good number of people interested in their course and they got good signups to their webinar, but it didn't convert, then what I say is, would you be willing to do chats with as many leads as possible knowing that it's not just going to help with conversion in this round, but also it will tell you what you've missed in your messaging and what maybe where you've over-explained something and we can pull back there. And most people are willing to do it. It's it's sometimes feel a little confrontational, but um, it's a really powerful way for you to get access to that insight. In most cases, the reason why it's not converting is because people don't understand the value proposition or they don't think that that value proposition is valuable to them right now. And the way that we understand and get that value proposition clearer is not by adding more bonuses and saying, you know, throwing in steak knives, but it's actually by understanding what is valuable to them and what would make that value proposition a more important priority right now. And that can come in many different forms, but the most powerful way that I find you can understand that and unlock that is simply by having conversations with your audience. So if you've got lots of reach strategies, if you're reaching a bunch of people, but things aren't connecting, get curious, connect in with them and ask them questions so that you can understand from their perspective why they followed you in the first place 
what they're looking for and what would make this a more urgent priority to resolve. And when you can do that, then in most cases, the value proposition stuff is much easier to uh, express. One thing I love that you do, Tash, is yes, you're talking about strategy, but then you make it very personal and very connecting. And I think that's something that for me and for a lot of the people I work with, that's what we really desire. So it's it's kind of like you can almost have your cake and eat it too. You can feel really <laughs> connected, but you can actually take on board some strategy and make things easier for yourself, but also more effective. And oftentimes it's a better experience for your clients as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And one of the things that I love to think about when it comes to marketing, I know we can be in real resistance to it because we've all experienced buyer's remorse. We've all experienced those really aggressive strategies. We've all experienced the yuckiness of being sold to when we don't want it. And one of the things I like to say to people is just because there are really sleazy salespeople out there does not mean that that's what sales is. Sales is helping people who want the outcome you have to offer to make a decision about whether you're the right fit to help them or not. So your audience are sitting there going, oh, I just wish someone would help me X. And you're going, oh, I don't want to sell to you. And instead, think about that person saying, I just want someone to help me with X. And you saying, is it X that you like? Well, if that's what you want, here's how I could help you do that. Does that feel like a fit to you? That's all we're doing is we're just saying, I can help with that. Here's how I help. Does that feel like a fit to you? So there are some really beautiful, high connection, low sleaze factor, no fear-based ways that you can learn how to sell and market. But the first step is to let go of the belief that sales and marketing are inherently bad, that sales and marketing inherently require you to um, override consent and impose yourself on people. That is not true at all. There are some really powerful, really engaging, really beautiful consent-driven marketing and sales strategies available to you. And for your audience in particular, Kerry, they know when something feels like it's out of alignment. They know the difference between, I feel a little uncomfortable because I haven't done this before. And this is deeply disconnected from my values and I don't want to treat people like this. And so learning to discern between those two things and learning to embrace marketing and sales strategies that are deeply grounded in consent and abundance, uh, I think is a really powerful thing. And for most heart-centered women and most women in business who are really focused on achieving outcomes for their clients, that's the, the key that unhooks the amazing abundance. That's the key that makes the big shift in their business because your audience have got the alignment piece nailed. Your audience know how to deeply energetically support themselves and support their mindset and all of those pieces. So it's people like that, that I love working with on the strategy because I know the mindset and energy is taken care of. And we can just simply focus on what actions are deeply aligned to your values and will work really well to attract and convert the right people into your paying clients. So juicy. Ash, <laughs> you are so in your zone of genius when you are talking about this stuff. I'm just sitting here absolutely loving it. And I would love to hear from the listeners, like 
how many pages of notes have you taken? And also how many times have you paused the recording and rewound to go, hang on, I just need to listen to that bit again because <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. been so amazing. So, Tash, would you mind letting us know how we can connect with you and how we can work with you? Well, not me because I already do, but how the listeners <laughs> can work with you if they choose to. <laughs> yeah, so I think the best way to connect is jump on over to my Instagram. It's at Tash Corbin. And uh, do please tag me in your stories and carry in your stories and tell us you've been listening. Feel free to ask me any follow-up questions you might have to this episode. And then also for me, one of the biggest foundations of all marketing decisions is making sure you're 100% clear on your niche. And your niche is not your service. It's not a topic area. It's who you focus on when you are marketing. And I have a free training that will take you through those important niche decisions. So um, we'll put the link to that in the show notes of the episode. And I think that if you are a little bit curious about refining your marketing strategy and getting the practical stuff fixed, then going and checking out that niche training will show you the difference when you make the decisions deeply grounded in understanding who you're focused on and then also reaching those people through consent-based practices. So I think that that's probably um, step number one is really nailing that niche and you can do that for free with me. Incredible. Thank you so much for being with us today. No problem at all, Kerry. Thanks so much for having me. So what did you think? Wasn't Tash brilliant? Please do share your comments with us over at my Instagram, Kerry Rowett, or Tash's Instagram, Tash Corbin. We would love to hear what you think. You can find the notes from today and the video of our discussion over at alignandattract.com slash blog slash 15. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you would subscribe if you didn't already and please consider leaving a review. It really helps. Thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you very soon.